He's a good, good father. He loves to show his goodness. Different ways he demonstrates his love. And one of the ways is by releasing his power, releasing healing, releasing deliverance from from fear and confusion. I wanted to uh, put up a few, uh, uh, there's a little montage here of a few videos before we get into the word today of a testimony of healing, the Father showing his goodness. This was at the Send a few weeks ago, about 55, 60,000, mostly millennial young people there in uh, Florida at Orlando at uh, a big stadium. And uh, Darby, are you here, Darby? Yeah, Darby shared last week about this thing happening. So this is Darby praying. Do you have anything else to share about this before we show it? I just wanted to see it. It was actually on a phone, a video. You saw a girl walking with a sling, her arm in a sling. And instead of walking by, going, oh, she's got her arm in a sling. You did what? You just asked if you could pray for her arm. Is it okay if I show this? I don't know. Did I ask your permission? Is this copyrighted? Is there a trademarks? Okay, so this, a reason I want to show this is her reaction, her reaction to being touched by God. She told, told it last week. She was feeling a little, not feeling that great. She had her arm in the sling. And then Darby said, felt the Lord lead her to put her arm, her hand under her armpit and pray. So that's what that is there. So this is in order, like three in a row. The first two actually show what the process of the father releasing his, his healing hand. And then she explains, yeah. She couldn't move her arm before, before you prayed. So look at her expression. I hope you can see this. Okay, can you maybe cut the light so you can see this expression? Okay, great. Thanks. This happened. Body into alignment in Jesus' name. She took her sling off. She took her sling off. In Jesus' name. Pain is gone. Taking the sling off. Hallelujah. Watch your face now. Watch this. Okay, so what's your name? My name is Christian Thomas. What just happened to you? Um, my shoulder just got healed from pain that I had for the last two months. Two months? For two months. And you weren't able yeah. to raise your arm? No, I couldn't do this. You completely move your arm around. Yeah! Wow! No more pain. Praise God. Yeah. Look at that. Rolling dice, yeah. I love that. Now, I, I show that because testimonies build faith in us, but they also, they're not to become memorial stones. Like, oh, remember five years ago at the sin? They're to be markers to inspire us of what normal kingdom of God lifestyle can be. And so we don't adjust our theology and our living to the lack of things, but we look at what the Word says, and we remember and we recite, rehearse testimonies to step into that even more. So before I even, as I pray, as we get into the Word here in a moment, if you don't have notes, I'd like you to wave your hand. We've got folks that'll help you with the notes. But I want to, I want to pray for us that we will. I love this phrase. I've, I've had this in my heart for years. 
Father, would you help me be restfully available to be instantly obedient to do your will? Like not stressed out all through the day, but help me to be restfully available to where when you say, hey, that person in the, with the arm in the sling, hey, can I pray for you? If that's what the Lord wants to do. Uh, let, 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 yourself, let your heart be available to be used by that. So I want to pray for that in just a moment. But I also, I couldn't go on if I didn't do this at least today. So I'm stepping out in this. I had an impression during worship of the Lord wanting to heal someone's arms today. And in particular, I had a sense of maybe a rash or some sort of, some sort of skin thing on the arms today. And so um, if I don't step out in things like that, I go home and feel like a dirty dog, okay? So do we, is your arm up because you're worshiping Jesus or what, what do you have? Do you have an arm thing? You have itches on the arms, okay? Itches, excuse me. Elizabeth? Okay. Okay, Scripture says, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at every revelation of Jesus. So without us getting up, just let's just, you can direct your hand toward Norm, toward Elizabeth. You say you've had it since when? Second or first grade. Nurse Suzanne, could you pray? Yeah, yeah, why don't you go over and just pray out loud too where we can maybe hear you. And uh, someone else, I am, I am changing. Will anyone feel, feel a heat in your hands or a desire to lay hands on norms? Uh, somebody just cool over there too. Thank you, Lord. We're going to obey the Lord today. Yeah, amen. Go ahead, Suzanne, if you can pray loud. The scripture says um, when you, Jesus talks about the prayer of faith, you know, elders were called to pray the prayer of faith. And so Jesus says um, the prayer of faith is believing you receive when you pray, not when you see the result. So for Norm, for Elizabeth, in this particular case, you just... Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus calls bread healing the children's bread. So just by faith, you just got handed a loaf of bread from Jesus. So we receive the whole loaf now by faith. And so, well, I only have a couple of slices of bread. Well, that's, you know, by faith you receive the whole loaf. Okay. I love it. I love the heart. Look at, yeah, it's the heart of the Father. 
to, uh, to, to demonstrate his love. So, Father, as we come now to your word, uh, and if either of you feel better, you know, if you feel a difference, just kind of report back to us on that. Father, we thank you now for your heartbeat for us, for giving us your scripture, for leading us into your heart. I ask Holy Spirit now for your spirit of wisdom and revelation to be released in our gathering today, that we would know what is the hope of our calling, what is the hope of your calling as well, that we would know you more. It's in your name, Jesus, Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a pastor's gathering about <clears throat> for about two and a half years, a group of pastors in the city, <clears throat> many of them from San Marcos area, uh, come together every maybe once a quarter to seek God for revival in our region, in Austin and in the surrounding area. And Charles Patterson, uh, who's on our outside council, he's like a father in the faith in the city. Uh, he, he leads those meetings and during the worship time a few weeks ago, <clears throat> it was for a, a man named Jack Taylor was speaking, for those of you who know who he is, <clears throat> just a, another general in the army of God. But uh, during the worship time, I just really felt the tangible presence of the Lord, and I stopped singing the songs, and I just, out of my spirit, all I could do was just whisper, Abba, just Abba, Father. And every time I did it, I just felt this kind of this gush back oh, of peace and encounter. And then a few minutes later, Abba. And I thought about how so many of these pastors, 30, 40 in the room, you know, some have been believers for 20, 30, 40 years, but we never outgrow coming to God in simple childlike devotion. We never outgrow calling him Abba, Father. And I felt like it wasn't just a, a time for me that day, but I felt like it was a word for us as a, as a church, as River in the Hills Church, that the Lord is inviting us today in a fresh way to come to him uh, with no strings attached, uh, unplugged from worry, from the future, from what, from, from bitterness, from for uh, un, just set free from all the things that we feel weighing on us. And we just come with simple devotion, with turned attention, with a pure, simple heart to Him today. If the Lord helps you to do that today, that's my greatest desire is to see that happen where you encounter the Lord in a fresh way as Abba, Father. Now, Abba is a, a term, I think it's in your notes there under Roman numeral one. It's a, it's, it's a defining term for God as Father in a, in a holy but intimate way. It's, the, it's, from the, it's, it's a word, Abba, from the Aramaic language, which was the, the childhood language that Jesus spoke. And Paul spoke it as well. And so they, <clears throat> in their, to describe their intimate relationship with the Father, 
they would use that word from childhood, Abba. And I, and I know this may sound strange to some of you, but Abba can also be understood as the word daddy. If, he, if you come to him with simple devotion, with obviously reverence as he's the creator of the universe, but, and it may sound a little different to you, but I don't feel uncomfortable calling him at many times in my personal prayer times, daddy. That's what Abba, can, I can say Abba, I can say daddy, and it just kind of comes out of me at those times where I feel like I'm in his arms and he's taking care of me. So I'm just, these next moment, these, the rest of the time today, I'm just going to kind of help give us a little groundwork in this, so, and then we'll have some time to come before our Father. Roman number one there, they've got verses that show this term Abba. Um, Mark 14, Romans 8, and Galatians 4. Mark 14, 36, and, and he, Jesus, said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, what I, not what I will, but what you will. So this was Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion. He called his Father in heaven, Abba. Then Romans 8, Paul speaking to the Roman believers, says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Now, I was reading that this morning. I was wondering, why the spirit of adoption? Because, And this is just an opinion. I just came up with it. I haven't studied it out. But, um, you know, the, the many in the Roman church were were Gentiles. So it could perhaps be the fact that Jew and Gentile are, are both come together in Christ, that perhaps they were, it was that you are now grafted in, Gentiles, with the spirit of adoption. You, are, you have all the full rights as a son or a daughter, but it's, it's this spirit of adoption of coming in. It may, may, that may not be right, but, but nevertheless... <clears throat> When you are a believer in Jesus Christ, it is built in your DNA, a cry, Abba, Father. It's who you are. And I, pray, I found myself in our prayer time this morning praying, Lord, would you awaken the cry in our hearts for you as Abba. I think today, with so many pressures in our world, marriages, families under pressure, with such divisiveness, in our political scene, in our so many, so many just geopolitical crises going on, you know, it, and, and I don't think overall it's all going to just get better and wonderful. I think it is wise for us to call out to God as our Abba Father. I think it's the safest place we can be in the days ahead. I'm, I, I'm not saying there's not going to be great revival. I believe there will be. But the Bible says in Timothy, it says, in the, in the last days, perilous times will come. I don't want to outgrow calling upon him as Abba Father. So I'm, even today during worship, I'm saying, Lord, would you awaken the cry? It's, notice it's cry out, Abba Father. It's not <clears throat> Abba Father. <laughs> it's Abba Father, Dad, Daddy. 
I need you. I want you. I want to see you that way. Galatians 4, uh, Paul to the Galatian church. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Before I go any, th- any further, I think is there, there's a crucial piece to this. Because, you know, we all can sit here and say, yeah, I'm in church. And the, the preacher saying, we need to love God. But really... If we don't get this point of how much the Father loves you, I think it'll get lost in, in our daily living. How much does he love us? Because you see, 1 John 4, 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. So we are, our Christian life is basically, if you boil it down, we are responders to his initiatives. When he initiates, we respond. When he shows me mercy, I want to go show mercy. When he forgives me, then I forgive. When he, when I encounter his love as a father, as Abba, then I can respond back with the cry, I love you, Lord. And so I believe this is important. How much does the father love you? How much? What's the, what's the degree? What's the measure? What's the quality of his love for you? If you look in these verses, John 15 and John 17, God loves you. It's in your notes too. I put it in there so you can study it out later. God, how much does he love you? God loves you with the same intensity that God loves God. I'm going to say that again. God loves you with the same intensity, the same quality, the same infinite capacity as God loves God. As love within the Trinity, as the Father loves the Son, Jesus, as Jesus loves the Father, as they both love the Holy Spirit, that kind of quality of love is the currency of love in in heaven. So how much does God love me? He loves me the same way he loves Jesus. Let's look at these verses and see it. It's a little boggling. It's a little mind-boggling because we tend to want to say, well, he really loved Jesus. And he really loves Louise. He's going to answer her prayers. You know, but I don't know about me. He loves us with that kind of intensity. And I'm just asking the Lord to show us this. I, I'm still convincing myself of it. So I'm on the journey. So I have to read these verses over and over and go, really? I do. John 15, as the Father, Jesus says, as the Father loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. So Jesus is saying, Deborah, you know how much I love you? The same way, the same level as the Father loves me, I love you. So that's Jesus' love for us. Which, by the way, Isaiah 9, he's also called Everlasting Father. So I'll really confuse you with that. (laughs) Chew on that. John 17, 23 says, And that the world, Jesus in in his prayer, said that the world may know that you, the Father, love them, have loved them as you have loved me. 
So there it is. He's praying that you and I will encounter and experience that his level, that the level of Jesus' love for us is the same level as the Father loves Jesus. Knowing God as Father is what we're going to do here in a few minutes. We're going to ask him to help us to understand this. Because I believe sometimes in the prayer room, they'll sing a, a truth in Kansas City, which we have here during the week. They'll basically sing a certain scripture about God's love, and they'll say, if I understand this to be true, it changes everything. I want my understanding of how God feels about me as Abba, I want that to change everything in my life. As, as millennials like to say, I want it to wreck me, <laughs> which, I, which in my old generation, whatever, baby boomer generation, wreck is not a good thing, but I want to be wrecked. I want to, see, when you're wrecked, when, it, when everything changes, you change what you spend your time on, what you listen to, what you look at, and you, you cut some things out. And you add some things in. I pray the Lord help us to see everything, things changing because of the revelation. Roman numeral three, knowing God as Abba, Father, it results in two things. And I'm going to land on these two and we'll, be, we'll move in to that time of worship. It results in two things. It results in total security and ongoing motivation. I put in your notes, it results in security and, and motivation for service, but it results in total security in our life. And it results in it being motivated, not just a few weeks, but for years and decades serving the Lord. Knowing God as Father, your identity and your security as a believer is rooted in knowing you have a father who loves you and he values you. That's your identity. That's your security in knowing you have that father in heaven who feels that way about you. You know, the genealogies in scripture, if you take time to read Chronicles and other, it's, people are identified by who their father is or was or who they're, I'm the son of or the father of. That's that identity. That's that security. What gives a person security is having a father. Lane Sequoia, that's the, the, our, my, little grand, my little grandbaby over there in the second row inside <laughs> mommy's tummy. Her name is Lane because Suzanne's dad's last name was Lane. Her, Suzanne's middle name is Lane. But actually, growing up, she was... She didn't have a middle name. She was Suzanne Lane. So when we got married, she took my name as husband, but she's always now been for 32 years, Suzanne Lane Hubbard. Kyle's middle name. Guess what his middle name is? Oh God. Lane. Not oh God. <laughs> Kyle Lane Hubbard. Because that, so the name, the, the, the name of the father... The grandfather, my name, Hubbard, see? So it all connects. It helps us 
to see the value of who we are, gives us security. And you know, no matter what kind of father we had in biologically growing up with, when we understand our heavenly father feels this way about us, it gives us this security. So Matthew 10, 29 through 32 says, there's a great verses on security. It says, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Suzanne prayed that for Elizabeth just now. The very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Two sparrows. I don't have my, I don't usually carry change. But, but two sparrows you could buy for one copper coin, like a penny. Two sparrows for a penny. Over in Luke, uh, Luke 12, Jesus says you can get five sparrows for two copper coins. So it's a deal. So that you could, when you buy sparrows in bulk, you get one extra sparrow. Are you with me? Why does Jesus say that? Because he's impressing upon us how in the world's eyes, sparrows are, are a very little value. If you get two for one penny and you get five for two, he's, he's contrasting that saying, how much more valuable are you? You are of more value than many sparrows. He says, because your father, your father, and he's then, notice he says, he's contrasting this. He's saying, if those sparrows, not one of those sparrows who seems of little value, not one of them falls to the ground except your father doesn't know about it. So if they're, if they're, if they're that, if he sees them that way, how much more does he say? He says, but, the, but the, here's your, your hair number. You are of more value than many sparrows. So that helps us. You're secure in the father's arms when you see how much value you are to him. He says, don't fear, therefore. So knowing God as, as Abba Father defeats the fear when you see how special you are. You see how much you're loved. I want to show this picture. You're secure in the Father's arms. Uh, um, there may be some, look at this child. This is a, look at that. He's in the Father's arm, arms and he's happy. There could be chaos all around. There could be bills piled up on the, the desk at the house. There could be all kinds of, of things happening, but that little child is not disturbed at all because he's in the Father's arms. And that's how God wants us to be. He wants us to be safe in the Father's arms. No matter what the storms are around us that rage, no matter what evil forces come against us, I'm in the Father's arms. Now, I want to be honest today and say, a lot of times we see this and we go, oh, isn't that? Yes, we should all be happy in the Father's arms. But a lot of times, this is how I come to the Father. If you show the next picture. I come to him. And that, the, the little title on that, I searched through some pictures on, on the internet. The title was, Toddler Exhausted Needing a Nap. So we know, parents, right, when the children 
are exhausted or those who babysit, you know, they, they scream out and it's because they're exhausted and they need a nap. So she's, she's, she's basically about to fall asleep, or he, he or she, is about to fall asleep. Um, but I, I wanted to be honest and say sometimes we don't start out like that first picture. Instead, we start out saying, Lord, I don't feel like, like what Rachel was saying. Here I am, Lord. I want to come, come up to you that way. And I love it that Revelation says God loved us and then he washed us. Okay, he didn't say, you better clean up and get all happy before you come to me. He's saying, come as you are. He, wa- he loved us first. And then in the middle of knowing his love, knowing his heart for us, then we can have joy and peace. John 10, 29, another verse on security. My father, Jesus said, who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one can, is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. So when you're in the Father's hand, there's nothing that can snatch you away. And I think that's important. When we're living in times where it seems as though things are a lot bigger than our relationship with the Lord. Things are a lot bigger around us there. And so, so we need to understand and, and let this sink in. Nothing, no one, no, there's no force in the universe that can snatch you out of the Father's hand. You're His. You, Abba, I belong to you. We have the greatest Father. Notice it says there in that verse, my Father is greater than all. Greater than all. He's the best. He's the greatest in the universe of all, think about this, or just this picture. He is so great <laughs> that he holds all the corners of the universe in his hand. He created billions and trillions of stars, galaxies. He created the angels. He has millions upon millions of heavenly beings worshiping him. And yet, when little old me or you turn our attention to him. We undo his heart. We can move this amazingly great father by just our turned attention saying, I love you. That, uh, that moves him more. That's in, that's in Song of Solomon. With one glance of our eye, we move him. We cause him to, to be overwhelmed by that, by, by our, our little glance. And that is... That's something that is just, I just pray that sinks in. That, that we move him more than a supernova, you know, a, a billion light years away. That's not, that doesn't move him like your little weak yes before him. But second point here, knowing him as father. And I'll just say this, that this isn't, I, I, can't, I can't sit up here and say, oh, I, I live this way all the time. Okay, it, I don't, but I want it, that to be my goal, that I live each day knowing that I'm secure in Him. And I will say this, when you, when you can live with that kind of security, knowing you're loved by the Father, people around you can sense that. They, 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 can, they take notice and they wonder why. How is it that you aren't stressed? 
when I'm so stressed? How is it that you've got peace on your countenance, you know, when, when, when there's so many things happening? It, they really want to know, how is it? Why are you not taking sedatives? How is that possible with all that's going on? And you say, it's because I know the Father. He provides for me. He holds me in his arms. He takes care of me. I know him. As I said, it's not always what I live, but it's the goal. When you know the Father, you know he feeds you. You know he's got, he feeds the sparrows, he'll feed me. Those with financial concerns. All of us look at that. That's reality. The last point, ongoing motivation for service. Knowing him this way as Abba Father gives us this ongoing motivation for service. John 8, 29, Jesus said, He who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. What was Jesus' motivation for service? Was it success? Was it popularity? No. His motivation was to please his Father. And I'm telling you, that, that, when that revelation starts to sink in, that I'm living each day and my motivation to live and to serve is to please him, then that changes everything. That gets me away from having to strive and compete and be the most successful and the most awesome and the this, the that, and the other because I'm his. You see, some people think success provides security. But many times success does not provide security. In fact, I've seen it through the years of experience. The more successful certain people are, the more threatened they become of other people's success. Success doesn't necessarily bring security. To walk in security is basically, it's, it's really simple. It's two things. You know who your father is, and you make it your aim to please him. That's living in security. I know who you are. I'm here to please you. And you know what? There's no circumstance or situation that I can think of that that does not apply as the primary motivation. You can be stuck on the freeway, stuck on in Austin traffic, late for an appointment. It's in the middle of July and your air conditioning goes out. And, and the situation is out of your control. You can stop right there and say, wait, why am I here? Why am I stuck in this traffic? And they're going to be mad. And this, I, oh, I'm here to please the Father. I challenge you to ask him when, when someone mistreats you or says something bad about you or treats you unfairly or, or whatever kind of circumstance comes in your, in your way that you feel out of control of, stop and say, why am I here? I'm here to please you. I'm here to please you by my attitude, by my reaction. See, many times we can't change the situation, but it's our reactions that we can control. Can't control the situation as much. Rachel, if you all could come up, worship team.
You know, if, if Christian leaders, I'll do a little on this because it's, it, it actually applies in, in, in all arenas, politics, athletics, sports, uh, business. If, you know, I'm not saying we shouldn't try to be successful, okay? There's a place for godly ambition and success. But here's how you, here's how you know when it's, from the Lord and when you need an adjustment. Who is the primary audience that you are desiring to be successful in front of? You see, we should want to be successful for the kingdom of God, right? We should want to give him glory. But who's our primary audience? Is it success and popularity before people or is it to please my father? And when we live our lives to please him, then as, as pastors and Christian leaders in the city, uh, there's no room for competition. We can enjoy when another church or another ministry gets really prolific and, and grows. We should want that, right? right. Well, see, wh- what's my response when that happens? Is it competition because I'm insecure and I want to be successful? Or is it, wait, I'm here to please the Father. Oh, yes, Lord, pour more on them, bless them. You know, I believe that's important for us. As in all our arenas of life is to, to find that security in the way Kyle had us pray today too was, was courage among leaders comes from knowing God as Father. It comes from that reality with him. I want to do something different today. I want to play something on the screen before the worship team leads us in the, some times of response. The knowing God as Father provides security and it provides ongoing motivation. I get up daily. I stay motivated to serve because I'm out to please. My audience of one is to please the Lord. So my motives are to please him first and foremost. But I want to do this for a few minutes. I want just to stay where you, just sit, sit where you are. I want to play a few minutes from a, this, the reason I felt led to do this is I came in here yesterday afternoon just really wanting just to just zone out before the Lord. And I, and I just happened to just pick from an archive set at International House of Prayer, a set by Misty Edwards from 2012. I had no idea what was on there. I just clicked on a date. I think it was June 10th, 2012. And a few minutes in, I, I just sensed this like grace in the room here today, yesterday to, to come into his, the Father's arms and to really see and encounter him as, as my daddy, my Father in heaven. And I was like, wow, that, that's so what is on my heart for today. So I want to just play, it's at the 19-minute mark. Let's just, with, before they plug in and all that, let's just all, um, let's just close our eyes if, if it helps you. Oh, Lord, we are, I'm not able to show, uh, to, to lead to anybody in this room. I'm not able to lead anybody to you as Father. Jesus, you said you were the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by you.
So Lord, we come to you today on the basis of Scripture. We come to you with sincerity. And we ask you to show us, Jesus. You are the way to the Father. Would you show us the Father's heart? Let's just let everything fall off right now. Cast your cares on the Lord. And I say to you, do not worry about your Of you.
statutes of wisdom all over the roads. Release wisdom. And I will show you step by step by step by step by step by step. How will I lead you astray? Release peace. How will I lead you astray? But do not worry, I say. Do not worry again, I say. Do not worry, be anxious for nothing. No one can snatch us out of your hands. today before this message there's been you're just you're just seeing it you know I've had gaps in my understanding of you as father you can keep playing it just a little low if you just keep it up just a little but I just and I sense that there's some here today many of us if not most of us that have been wounded by fathers either biological fathers or spiritual fathers. And I, I pray for you right now for healing. Lord, would you heal hearts? If you just want to pray this under your breath with me, I wrote this out. Father, I want to know you. I thank you for Jesus. He is my Savior. He's changed my life. I know I belong to you. But Father, I want to know you. I'm on the way. But I want to come to the destination. Now, I cannot show you the Father. You've prayed that prayer. I can't say that you'll experience Him in a more intimate way today as Abba. But I can say if you continue to search Him and seek Him on the basis of Scripture with a sincere heart, I believe He, Jesus will reveal the Father to you. Thank you. 